specific garden help you need. From three of the top experts in the Mid-South, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. Now, Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Good morning, good morning, gardeners, and welcome to Mid-South Gardening this yes, morning. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Not as cold this morning as it has been in the past. Nope. Well, what a yeah. week, though. Good Lord. It has been. Those oh, last two nights, but it didn't get as bad as they thought it might. Yeah. You know how... Well, when we start, you? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, I did I'm see going. a little frost this yeah. morning, but when I see, you know... 36 sounds so much mm-hmm. better than 31. Oh, yeah. I had ice on my oh, window. Yeah. I had 29 yesterday morning. Yeah. I was no, going to say. No, no. I, I, mean, it's not, I didn't say it didn't get cold. It just yeah. didn't get as cold as they thought it was. But mm. maybe, of course, it never fails. I had just a smidge of new growth that turned a little black on some of the hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. I saw but that. That's really all, because you know we put all the sensitive stuff up. No, like yeah. Basil, coleus. So, all do you that. think the flowers survived? Yeah, yeah. I was looking. It was just a few little leaves, and there was one flower bud. It was really so tender, you know, that that turned black. But the flower buds on the others, because they were so small, are still fine. So, shoo. Now, this was in Midtown, so you know it was probably... Yeah. Right, so, hold on. What do you think about the hydrangea blooms? Because I know a couple of weeks ago, you know, we made it through, you know, the snow ecliptic, right? Mm-hmm. And the hydrangeas came on out, and, and the blooming tissue still looked good. But then we get these last little cold fronts through here, and you said something a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Let's be careful with round two. Um, I mean, don't you think? I did see some superficial burn like Veda was talking about, but. Well, I, I mean, <clears throat> I had a rhododendron I didn't cover, and it got all the flowers pretty much on it. Hmm. It was wide open, one of the Southgate series. Um, but, you know, I haven't looked. I will when I get home sometime today. Uh, look at the actual buds and the hydrangeas. Most, most all of mine are in the shade, so it doesn't frost there. Yeah. You know, it gets cold, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, and how uh, much frost did y'all see this morning? I mean, I just saw a little bit on, the, yeah. on my car There were some on, on at my house, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Not a lot, though, thank goodness. Yeah. In fact, I wanted to make sure it wasn't just moisture, so I got my finger and kind of rubbed it, and sure mm-hmm. enough, it was it was real frost, you know. Real so. frost. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, maybe, and I always say this, Lord, I always say this, maybe this is it as far as, you know, the cold, cold mm-hmm. weather, you know, below freezing and frost. Yeah, and so both of y'all are looking at me like, probably not. 13 more days till the last frost date. A couple more weeks. Yeah. No, but our I last fr- you know, our latest frost was May 4th. Yeah, so yeah. I was going to say, we It can still have. happen. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So then, if it did happen. Well, and I guess my point is, you know, tomorrow's Easter, and happy Easter, everyone. You know, a lot of people like to get out there and, uh, you know, put a little few things in the in the beds and mm-hmm. surely, you know, some things in the containers because I think we're going to have a few more people out and about this Easter than we did mm-hmm. last year as far as people coming over to their families' houses mm-hmm. or whatever. So you want, you know, something out there to kind of spruce it yeah. up, right? So are we saying still stay away from really tender, tender plants in the beds, or what do you think? I mean, impatience and begonias and those kind of things. I think for most things, 
it's time. You yeah. know, I think you'll be able to put them in. Yeah. I mean, the next 10 days or so look really good. Yeah, and I agree with warm you. Temperature. Yeah. We could always have a late frost, but, you know, that's something could, we'll deal with if it happens. And yeah. a lot of times if the begonias are acclimated, they'll be fine. Petunias will be yeah. fine. The only thing I'd be a little leery of, are, you know, our typical warm season plants, mm-hmm. caladiums. Vinca and things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, zinnias. It's too early on those. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, we got racks and racks of beautiful bedding plants in, mm-hmm. but I'm sure y'all did, too. I mean, the color looks beautiful, I'm yeah. telling you. And even yesterday being Good Friday, which is traditionally a heavy planting day, um, you know, people were still in. And, mm-hmm. you know, you. I mean, the desire is there. Right. I um, waited to get all the color. I mean, I have some petunias and lots of herbs and just anything we didn't have to really put up because there's not a up or place to really put it. So I was like, I'm just going to wait one more week. You got to think forward, no doubt about it. But when it comes to perennials and trees and shrubs and roses and those kind of things, I mean, you can stick those in the ground. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Like we just said, even uh, bedding plants and containers in beds, I don't think there's a problem at all. Uh, but like Jim was just, and Betty, y'all were just alluding to, you know, the, the tender, tender stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the vinca. You know, how many times do we see people put vinca, periwinkle, uh, in the ground uh, when it's still really mm-hmm. cold? Not, I'm not saying that you can't. I'm not yeah. saying that you can't and get away with it. I'm just saying, you know, some of the insignias, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and basil and those kind of things, you got to be a little careful with those and be careful and be ready to protect them if we do get right. some more cold weather in later on. I'm not going to order any vinca for about a couple more weeks, four weeks, a month, maybe even. Yeah, most yeah. of the growers have very limited availability right now. Yeah. It's just, it's too too early in most places. I know, because all I can see when I hear vinca right now is that aerial phytophthora that it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the stems and... Just kind of wilts yeah, down on you. Right. Oh, my goodness. That's what, that's what cold, wet weather would do for I you. I remember days in the garden center of going through all the flats, the six packs, because not all of them would get the issue and just calling them out, calling them out, thinking, why did I order these so early? Oh, yeah. So I'm waiting on the Vinca as well. And uh, I know a lot of people's probably put some tomatoes in, mm-hmm. so I wonder how those have worked this weekend. You know, they oh. can take a good bit of cold. Yeah. I mean... As, as fragile as tomatoes look, and you would think just, you know, any cold weather would just knock them out. Yeah, you know, a, a cold tunnel or something like that on them, and mm-hmm. they'll be fine. Yeah, you can, it's it's fact, when you're growing them, if you can get a few nights of low 40 degrees, mm-hmm. set them outside, mm-hmm. sure, it makes them harden up, gets that good, deep purple stem. Mm-hmm. You know? Nice. So the great tomato... tomato. Contest. Kamahi. Yeah, Kamadi Tatis <laughs> will be coming up. And so you should get your tomatoes in the ground quickly. And you're saying if you want to if you want to get some good tomatoes for yeah. the uh, contest, right, right? Right. You better get them in the ground. But so do y'all bury plant your tomatoes deeper than the root ball. We say all the time on anything, don't plant too deep, it'll just die out. But how do y'all plant tomatoes? Well, I lay them sideways pretty much. I knew you'd have something off the wall. Yeah. You know, I still <laughs> want the roots at the surface, but mm-hmm. all of that stem will become roots. Yeah, true. So you just dig a, a, a wide hole, but it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be very deep. And then just leave the top couple of leaves sticking out right at the end, and yeah. all that'll become root system. The ground's warmer there, of course, mm-hmm. right at the surface. Well, that was so going to be my next question. Why do you want that root system so close to the surface? Well, because, one, that's where they get their nitrogen primarily yeah. from rain. Yeah. The ground temperature's warmer. The bacteria is kicking in quicker. Uh, so everything is happening at the surface. So 
take advantage of that. You mm-hmm. know, lay those tomatoes down. I, you know, used to you could go to the garden center and they'd have these ones that had fallen over yeah. and weird shapes, and you could get those for nothing. You know, <laughs> practically now they charge extra. For those. <laughs> so you do plant yours deep, or or when I say deep, you do most of it underground, yeah. just not deep. Right. So oh, so when you're taking it down underground, then the stem is more pliable, so then you can yeah, lean the stem over. Put a rock on it, or is no, it pretty no, much no, just no, everything's covered with dirt oh, except for the top couple like of leaves. He, instead of digging a hole, he's digging a little trench and yeah. laying them in there, and all he's got yeah. is just the top part of the tomato sticking out of the ground because he knows on tomatoes, mm-hmm. a lot of things you can't do this to, that all of that's going to turn into roots. So. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah. yeah and that's one that of the for... reasons if you're using Roundup is one of the few things, you know, it doesn't cause cancer, get over that. Um, <laughs> It, it's one of the few things that's approved for use in a vegetable garden, mm-hmm. but you don't want to get anywhere near tomatoes yeah. because they are green underground too, yeah. <laughs> okay? Oh, gotcha. And they'll go right through that tomato, and uh, and you'll have bad things happen. Yeah, uh, they're very sensitive to Roundup. Yes, no they are. It. Man, okay, so I'm going to do that with my tomato. I'm going to use compost, tomato tone, liquid fertilizer. Um, She's going to try just, to win it this year. Yeah. I can tell. I'm, I'm looking at you right now. Right. You're you going to cheat somehow, somehow in this tomato contest. Somehow. Maybe I'll just give it to someone. Mm. No, that's <laughs> just no fun. We'll be right back. Give us a call, 260-5926. Now, back to Mid-South Gardening. Grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. Good morning and welcome back. Welcome back. You're here with Veda from Pladio Garden mm-hmm. and Kenneth from Dan West and Jim Crowder from his Facebook page. You know, Jim Crowder's been around to wonderful places in That's the south. three or four times this morning she's talked about my age, you know. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Just funny how that comes out today. Yeah. I She talked to someone yesterday who was real young that followed me, and it seemed like that was a shock to It her. was. It was. <laughs> After we were talking, I mean, it was more of the, the age of the person listening or uh, working See, with the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it was she was a lot younger than me as well. So um Get out. they were participating in that and when I had told her at the garden center, you know, we have a sign that talks about the show and all that and I uh, pointed at the sign and she goes, Do you know Jim 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 Crowder? And I'm like, Yes, he does the show with us. I follow him on that Facebook page. And normally in the way past people in that age group either weren't in the garden center at all or wouldn't even have followed a garden page so jim's page is doing pretty good since you're getting all ages and yes. what's and what's the uh, the web web or the facebook page mid-south gardening gardening in usda's own six seven and eight and, and that's the one that uh, we've added this spring about 1500 members mm. so yeah, yeah i try to uh, make comments but all my comments just want to be sarcastic to you, Jim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, it's pretty neat. You get on Facebook and you go to that. I mean, there's so many pictures posted, so many questions being asked every day. And I just, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, who's got the time to come through here and, and diagnose all of this and 
and answer all these questions. And I'm guessing y'all make time mm-hmm. to do it, Jim. Yeah. And I want to say hello to all my new friends from at Wolf River Surgery. I was answering <laughs> questions as they put me under this week. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get rid of, to get rid yeah. of my kidney yeah. stone, are you? What about my peaches? <laughs> right, right, exactly. And then you told them, oh, I think the planter box in your house would be great because yeah. you were on laughing gas. <laughs> no, you know, she got one of the lady had a new peach tree and she said, you know, what should I spray on them? Mm-hmm. You know, I said, well, don't let it fruit for three or four years now. Yeah. So it's, let's just, oh, darn. Just get the tree <laughs> yeah. healthy. And what about uh, healthy soil? I mean, to me, healthy soil is the key to any anything really that we're, we're trying to grow, but especially, you know, people will get into their gardens uh, before long. And some people garden in containers, mm-hmm. some people garden in raised beds, and then some people garden in just a, you know, a backyard plot. Uh, but it all is the same when it comes to the soil. You know, so many times, I mean, as, as a kid growing up, I mean, I thought you'd go out there, till the soil and stick your plants in there and voila, mm-hmm. you know, everything happens, right? Well, not around here. You know, now if you're blessed with some great soil, maybe down in the Delta, mm-hmm. you know, you can get away with that. But typically here, uh, I always tell people, think of three things, guys, uh, to really amend your soil. One is compost, and I don't care what kind of compost it is, and I'm sure Jim or Veda, y'all might have some compost mm-hmm. that y'all prefer, but whether it's a cow manure, a chicken manure, you know, cotton bird compost, mushroom, on down the line, any kind of compost is the life of your soil. That's one. Two is lime. Typically, we have to lime around here to keep that pH up, and I don't care. You can do everything just right, and if your pH is way off, usually acidic, you're not going to get the, you know, the results that you're looking for. And then lastly is a good nutrient, a good fertilizer to put in there. Uh, and, you know, one of my favorite, of course, and Vader, you told me this 100 years ago, is garden tone. Um, so if you add that compost, if you add the lime, if, if need be, and you add that garden tone in there, and you really work all that in with your soil, I promise you, you are ready to go. Now, in raised beds, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people had these nice plots, these raised beds, you know, that are four foot by eight foot, and they've got five of them out there in their backyard with the nice little walkways Mm -hmm. through them. You know, they're like, well, man, do I use bagged material to fill every one of these beds? And some of them are two foot Mm -hmm. tall. You know, you can get a bulk soil. That's okay. Uh, Whether it's a garden mix, a pro mix, or whatever for some of these larger beds. But even with that, I still want to come back and add those three things to that base soil. Compost, potentially lime, I'm saying yes, and something like, uh, you know, garden tone. So you can't rely on just native soil or just these bulk base soils to create a good yield on your vegetables is all I'm saying. It's all you're saying. I mean, (laughs) mean, tell me if it's not true, though. Mm, can't say that because it's absolutely true. Hey, so when's the uh, uh, Jim's? Oh, he's uh, well. I was just gonna say, you know, and with the bulk soils, make sure you get something that's got some clay in it. Yes, I mean, how many times do you see where it's just a sand bark combo, right? And it feels great to run through your fingers, and it looks crumbles. wonderful. Yeah, but water won't grow a dang thing because it holds no moisture and it holds no nutrient value Bingo. whatsoever. Yeah. Clay is not bad. Yeah, clay, right. If you have to start with anything, clay is what you want to start with. Particle size is so small, it's great for water and nutrient retention. Okay, now, we just need to loosen that, mm-hmm. okay? And by putting other stuff in there, yeah. um, 
pine bark fines, mm-hmm. manures, compost, that sort of thing. It gives pathways for those roots to get out quickly and get established mm-hmm. and get to water in that clay. So it's important. In three years, you're going to dig it up and look in there, and there ain't going to be anything but clay. Mm-hmm. Okay? So sometimes you get, we You're saying it resorts back to clay. Mother Nature, Mother Nature does not like you filling with her soil. <laughs> so it goes back to clay. Okay? Um, but that's that's okay. What you've done is given that plant three years to get established and out good root system. That's also why sometimes we see where you'll put a perennial in and it looks great the first year. Mm-hmm. Second year it comes back and it's just not quite as mm-hmm. big. Okay, it's because that plant needs that very loose soil. Mm-hmm. And as it begins to decompose, get smaller particles, those clay particles get close, closer together. Right. It's not getting what it needs to survive. So it begins to fade. So, you know, it's, it's sometimes if you, if there's something you're just dead set on growing, you got to re- fix that soil every mm-hmm. couple of years or so. Right. Well, and you're right, and you made the comment that if of you're planting I'm right. Well, <laughs> and if you plant like a tree or a shrub, you know, that you want it to get established and then the soil can do really whatever mm-hmm. it wants. But in the garden case, you know, we're planting these every year, right. you know, so it's not yeah. something that's permanent in the ground. A tomato doesn't stay there forever. Mm-hmm. So that's why every year we're re-amending that soil. And that's what is so important, I'm telling you. It all starts with mm-hmm. the soil. How many times have we said, you can go out there and find the best seeds in the world, the best plants in the world, and stick them in that soil and nothing happens? Yep. So um, when is, well, we'll back to the soil. So in some cases, it's good to go back and put, most cases, go back and put compost and organic fertilizer to keep your soil loose. Because like some of them, like your um, boxwoods or your cherry laurels, any of your laurels, the soil, like you said, in about three years, if they never do anything, that soil becomes more compact. And cherry laurels and um, plants like that don't like it that compact. So I've been able to amend the soil on um, skip laurels. And when you they mean look, established skip yeah, laurels, so you go out there and add a compost top to mm-hmm. it every year? Yeah. And well, in this case, it never had happened. And they were um, pretty large, but you know, they get a stem mm-hmm. that dies back and another stem that dies back. So we cut them all back. Put back to nature down with worm castings and plant tone. All that was mi- holly tone. All that was mixed together. Put it on there, kind of just barely, you know, worked Scratched it in it the up. soil mm-hmm. a little bit just to get it going. Cured it. They didn't have any problems for for um, that entire year. Nothing, can, no stems died back. Anything. So then we did it a second year, you know, just because it used everything more mm-hmm. than likely. So we did it a second year, third year. I went back, no issues, mm-hmm. but we thought they were gone at that time. We also pruned some too, you know, to root to shoot ratio so the roots could get more established and then grow out. And, and that's important too because 99% of the feeder roots that are, that are going to take in nutrients and water are right at the surface. Mm-hmm. If that's just clay, okay, yeah. I mean, they'll be there. But I had a conversation many, many years ago with Dr. Carl Whitcomb, the guy mm-hmm. that's behind the, all the crepe myrtles and that sort of thing. But um, we were talking about roots on trees, and, and, and I know this won't be popular with arborists, but 
we were talking about deep root feeding, and he mm-hmm. said, there's really no need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, throw it on top of the ground. He mm-hmm. said, if you get down and look at the roots mm-hmm. microscopically, they look like dolphins coming in and out of the soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by putting that loosened material that's got microbes growing in it mm-hmm. on top, you get those feeder roots to fill that. They excel in that, mm-hmm. and you get a much healthier plant. Right. See, I had been curious about the root feeder years back because, you know, at first you're like, yeah, okay, what did they take it down? Six inches or something or more to feed the roots. And then you notice when you take plants out, it's all on the top of the ground, the yeah. roots. Look so at I'm all like, these why trees did that I flip just... over? They take yeah. just a little bit of soil. Well, it's right. a good way to get water down, down deep. Though. Oh, yeah, that one too. Okay, we're going to take a break. Give us a call, 260-5926. Or you can watch us on Facebook or listen to us on Facebook. Can't watch us today. We'll be right back. Now, back to Mid-South Gardening, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Give us a call, 260-5926. That's 260-5926. So when's the uh, the best time to, as they say it in the north, drop mulch? (laughs) <laughs> that, Drop that, mulch, you mean put out mulch? Yeah, put out Any mulch. Any day of the year is the best day to do it. It really is. But like I, I was, was a soil scientist. Where was he from? University of Wisconsin. I liked his article, but there was a few things that I thought we could talk about from it. But this one makes sense. You know, don't put your uh, mulch out so soon. It's like after the plants start kind of growing just so the soil stays warm so they can germinate quicker and then put your mulch out. That was the thought on that one. And um, then this, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, and then this one, uh, it's best to maintain a mulch depth between three and six inches. And if you're using to thwart (laughs) weeds, you may want to add a few more inches. Well, here's my thing. (laughs) <laughs> I know, here. Yeah. yeah, because how do you get it six inches up and then keep it off the trunk of plants, shrubs, and so I'm trying to visualize this. Well, I mean, I think if you've got a big bed and, you know, you're, uh, and there's not a whole lot in the bed, right? I don't care how much mulch you put in there, uh, but you're right. If you've got beds that were typically mulching that have azaleas and hollies and all this other stuff in it, you know, an inch is really as far as you mm-hmm. need to go. Well, um, I think... Uh, how many times do we see people put too much yeah. mulch down, Beta? And then the other thing, let me say this. When I said, you know, when's a bad day to put mulch down? Mm-hmm. I said, you know, you never. there's yeah. never a bad day to do it. We have seen where in midsummer mm-hmm. people will buy mulch. And, I mean, those mulch piles are steaming for a reason. They get really hot. And mulch in bags also gets really hot. Mm-hmm. So you got to be a little careful if you're mulching midsummer, which a lot of people do, mm-hmm. and don't put this hot, hot mulch around these uh, these plants because I mean it can flat out burn plant tissue. Mm-hmm. So I mean that would be the only thing I would warn people about as far as when it comes to mulching is like you just said, don't plant, don't mm-hmm. mulch too deep. Yeah, you know six inches is no better than one inch. I promise you. In fact, it's more detrimental. And don't mulch with hot, hot mulch. In in the summertime, you know, I know y'all would go out and get bulk mulch mm-hmm. when you were doing a lot of landscaping. I mean, really, you can see the mulch piles actually steaming because yeah. of the heat, internal we, heat Yeah, in we try to get it the night before. And I was so going to say, could, what, what would y'all do to combat mm-hmm. that? It didn't always happen, but so six inches. Seems like that'd compact the soil. Well, I, <clears throat> I think 
he's also working with different soil than we have here in the Mid-South. Yeah. Okay. Our Good soil point. drains so slowly. The percolation rate is so slow. Uh, adding six inches to the top, I think, is um, not I mean, going to help a, you no. much. No. Uh, and there's been a huge push, what they call now arborist mulch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, yeah. When when somebody comes and takes your tree down, you know, whether for dead or damaged or whatever, they they have to pay to haul that off. Well, now they're taking it, grinding it up, and taking it back to wherever they have and store it, and giving it to people who want to come get it, <clears throat> and sometimes they'll deliver it to you for free, um, and it's big chunks of stuff that they've run through their chipper. Uh, and it's everything. I mean, it's d- diseased wood. It's mm-hmm. insect-covered wood. It's poison ivy. It could be anything yeah. in there, okay, walnut, who knows. Um, but uh, they're talking about putting this four to six inches down on top of uh, the soil. And, it, and to me, when I read the research behind it and all this, it just sounded to me like they were trying to find a way to get rid of this without right. having to pay for yes. it. Right. Yes, yes. And agreed. I still believe that. Um, I don't. When I do things, I want I want to see it reflected kind of in nature. You mm-hmm. know, I'm doing this because this yeah. happens really. You don't see six yeah. inches of stuff falling on anything anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it just uh, to me, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. All right. Is that a nice so. way of saying stupid? Yeah. Um, <laughs> to put that yeah. much stuff down. You well, know, right. two he, inches is nor mm-hmm. coarse mulch that air can move through <clears throat> is enough to help regulate your soil temperature. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. If you get it off early, your soil is going to warm quicker. Yeah. You know? Well, and a lot of people are mulching this time of year because one of the aesthetic reasons, I mean, a nice, fresh layer of mulch not only does it have all the benefits mm-hmm. that we talk about, but it also looks really good. Right. And I don't think it would matter the soil temperature on the coming mm-hmm. out of evergreens and all no, of that. But like your no perennials difference. and even maybe your veggies. Your vegetable yeah. gardens. I, I can see the advantage of not putting, if you decide to mulch, you know, <clears throat> mulching does some good things for vegetables. It also does some bad things for vegetables. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got to weigh the options there because if you get a leaf disease, it's going to mm-hmm. harbor in the tissue that's on the ground. Um, so there are pluses and minuses to pretty much everything in gardening. And what about, uh, do y'all have a favorite mulch or is there a mulch that you stay away from? Well, no, I think, you know, to me, pine straw is one of the easiest to work with and does great. It's good air movement. Mm -hmm. Now I, I use Cypress one because it was cheaper. I like, it has a little lighter color. I like the light color for contrast in the garden. And it also gets a, um, a fungus of some type that grows through it and makes it mat down very well. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, it doesn't tend to wash. You mean it won't wash. And in fact, I have to go out there sometimes where I've forgotten I've planted bulbs and a sheet of mulch has been pushed up off the ground you know, and I have mm-hmm. to get it out of the way there because it holds together very, yeah. very well. Yeah. So, in and it's uh, <laughs> Cypress is re- relatively inexpensive. So. Right. And yeah, it you, doesn't mat so bad because in the summertime, a lot of times it mats so bad that the water sheds off the top of the mulch yeah. instead yes. of percolating through. Yeah. But, and then you made the comment about, you know, arborist mulch. I mean, let's say somebody goes out there and they cut, they cut a big tree down in your backyard and you have all this wood material there, the sawdust. 
Uh, you're, you know, you can surely bag all that stuff up, or or get it up and put it in a pile and let it compost down, mm-hmm. and then use it, say, a year after, you know, the fact, right? Yeah, and and I have no tr- trouble using if people want to go and get the the arborist mulch. It's, <clears throat> I just think that you know two inches is plenty. Yeah. Now it's coarser. It's not going to look quite as aesthetic as you know what you get that's hammered or. You know, or chopped up in a bag, but you but you never want to use that raw sawdust uh, as a top dressing as a mulch, and that, and that until a, it until it breaks down. And that's a question I had for there. There's a scientist at Oregon State University where a lot of this propaganda <clears> comes <throat> from, um, and I, I directly asked her. I said, "Well, what about at the soil surface?" Right, uh, and she did not would not answer, did not would not chose not to answer my question. Um, but in looking through the research that she backed up, uh, they said there was some significant pH change right at the surface, but they didn't measure that. Well, yeah. why in the heck not? I mean, right. that's kind of important. That would seem like that would be a, a educational arg- ag- agricultural college's right. so, point. You know, you know for mm-hmm. annuals, that's going to be significant. Now, mm-hmm. for your tree... Not going to phase a thing if that pH. And, and what about the old theory of using raw wood? Like, let's say somebody there again cuts a big oak tree down in your backyard, and you get all this, you know, raw sawdust uh, that just came off this tree. The tree's gone. Only thing left. Do is you this. have a big pile of sawdust at home? No, but I'm just saying. But people, the people, and because we get these questions yeah. all the time. And you, and let's say you go out there and you use that raw sawdust before you let it break down mm-hmm. and use it. Doesn't it also just absorb a lot yes. of nitrates out of the soil? I mean, just robs your soil of right. nitrogen. Trying you know? to break down, right? Yeah, yeah and, and it does. And uh, you know, I have seen it um, do really nasty things mm-hmm. to fresh pansy plantings. Oh yes, absolutely. You know. Plus, Vinca, yeah, yeah, you've got a lot of tannic acid in there. Mm-hmm. That's the black water that runs out of that pile when right. it's sitting in your driveway. Right. <laughs> And it can that it can vaporize in high temperatures, and I've seen pansies just turn silver, yeah. you know, from from so, from that process. So the bottom line is, don't use don't fresh, fresh raw wood mm-hmm. as a mulch or even as a soil amendment. Right. Well, how it, about the it, mulches from the landfill? <laughs> because well, what are they using for that? Uh, well, I, you know, like in city of Bartlett, in, mm-hmm. in theory, collects theirs and makes mulch from the leaves and and that sort of thing. They don't do grasses. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do stems and that sort of thing. But it is aged there on their property, and, it, and it's pretty good-looking stuff. Um, yeah, I've seen it, yeah. and it doesn't look different from the other, really, yeah. so it's pretty good. You know, and I bought one of those special trash cans, you know, just to put your yard waste in mm-hmm. so they're supposed to pick it up in different truck. I've had that thing, I don't know, eight or ten years now, and I've never seen them dump it in any special <laughs> truck. Go, they pick up the garbage, put it in, they pick that one up and put it in. <laughs> maybe you all know. won't know. So, maybe we yeah, won't know. So when notice. I was on the City Beautiful Commission, I sent a, a question to yeah. the guy in charge of that, and uh, he said, well, we don't do that except when during the periods when we're collecting yeah, leaves. Yeah, kind of like uh, recycle. Said, yeah, you know, and so, but that's not true. I mean, mm-hmm. they're picking it up every week in the same truck. No, <laughs> well, I did get a question. I know we got to go to a break. Uh, when we get back, we'll answer Miss Pat's question. It says, what is your recommendation for protection or protecting plants from deer, specifically mm-hmm. um, hostas and hydrangeas? Yeah. 30-06. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> we'll be right back.
now. Back to Mid-South Gardening, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. <laughs> and welcome back. Good morning. This is Mid-South Gardening. It is. is. This is. That's Veda. That's Kenneth. And I'm the short fat man, Jim. <laughs> People are just going to think, they're just going to get all kinds of images of you. And then when they see you, they're going to go, man, he is so handsome. I don't know why he says that. Clean your glasses. <laughs> uh, I know we got the phone ringing, but also, like I said, uh, and good morning once again, Jim and Veda. And um, Jim's, I mean, Kenneth's handsome well, also. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, it goes without saying. I mean. Right. Um, Veda, I love you too. Um, Pat Barham, uh, like I said, she had a text. She texted in on Facebook Live, which anybody can do, guys. Uh, what is your recommendation for protecting plants from deer, specifically hostas and hydrangeas? So, what do y'all think, guys? I've got an answer, but what do y'all think? Milorganite fertilizer. Yeah, same answer. Yeah, it yeah. does a wonderful job at repelling beers. Beers. I know, right? Beer. Uh, <laughs> and these are Who hydrangeas and hostas. Right. The thing is, though, don't just do your flower bed. You need to yeah. treat the beds, but you also need to treat an area 20, 25 mm-hmm. foot wide all around that bed so that the deer get to that before they get mm-hmm. to lunch. So yeah. now would be a good time to start teaching right. them. Right. So milorganite is your answer. Uh, milorganite is a great organic uh, plant food. Put and, it on anything. So I mean, so it's 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 a two in one. It's yes. it actually is a great deer repellent, and you can call milorganite, and they will flat out tell you that it does. Yeah, they used to not want you to say that because years ago, milorganite would tell people that it is a deer repellent. Well, the EPA <laughs> got a little pissy with them and said, "Okay, so you're not a fertilizer. Right. You're actually a repellent. You fall under different guidelines." Yeah. So immediately they said, uh, "We are not a repellent. We have." Have no information about this but anyway eventually there were a number of uh university studies to back this up right so it became a well-published fact that milorganite repels deer yeah. mm-hmm. and so now it's uh, they can talk about it and uh, and you know not be threatened by big brother anymore so pat uh, i mean the short answer is and i would do the same thing i would just apply milorganite because you're not only you know repelling deer you're also feeding your plants and then there are, lastly, and Stan, hang on just a second, you know, there are some repellents on the market like the fox urine, uh, granulated fox urine. It's, that is a good product also. Uh, and you can sprinkle that out there. And that also acts as a repellent for deer. But that's all it does. It just mm-hmm. repels. Where milorganite, it does both. It feeds and repels. So I would definitely go with milorganite. Yeah, and if you've got an area where you know they're coming in, you know, they, they typically follow a path, you want to make sure you're around that path from the woods into your yard, you treat all that area. So as they right. approach your yard, they go, oh, God, that stinks. Yeah, uh, yeah. let me stay it, away from here. Right? It has just a slight odor to humans for the, until the first rain, okay? It's maybe a little bit just after the first rain. But, <laughs> but it's really not bad. You won't notice not it really, after a while. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. I mean, when you smell fertilizer, you should just think, oh, that does smell bad, but it's working so good. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like one of this, when the smoothies first came out. Oh, they taste so bad, but they're working so good. And, and while I go, <laughs> uh, you know, I couldn't say the words uh, specifically. Yeah. Uh, and Jan, of course, uh, she sent a text and said, uh, y'all having trouble with your words this morning. So you can't not get away with anything Mm-mm. around here. Not a word. All right, Jan. Hey, let's go to Stan. Good morning, Stan. You're in the Mid-South Garden. Uh, good morning. Hey, Stan. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm planting um, tomato plants in my backyard 
it's like a lawn, okay? It's it's not uh, a specialty garden or anything. And I'm wondering, um, I have to play the too many plants already. What depth and circumference hole do I dig mm-hmm. for a typical tomato plant? Is it 12 inches down by 20 inches wide? That would be a good start. Yeah. Yeah, loosen that. Now, the tomato again, <clears throat> we were talking about earlier, I like to basically lay them down just right under the surface. Uh, so all right. all of the stem is covered except for just right the couple, top couple of leaves stick out. Uh, but, yeah, 12 right. inches depth <clears throat> is plenty. Uh, and in 20, 24 inches wide, that's a good choice. So, I think you've but you well. said you were planting in your yard, so you're not putting in a mended bed. You're just digging a hole in your yard. And planting. And that's my second. That's my second question. Mm-hmm. And that amended bed that you talked about earlier contains mulch, lime, and you said garden something or other. What? Well, it was compost, uh, not really mulch. Stand uh, some good, rich oh. compost. Yeah, we do, we have a product that's sold locally around here called uh, uh, soil <laughs> conditioner that's finely ground pine bark. So mm-hmm. some people look at it as yeah. mulch, but mm-hmm. it's really, really not. It's just a soil additive. Yeah, so okay. whether it's... Uh, locally, including at your store uh, on Poplar? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, uh, you know, a soil conditioner, whether it's a garden soil, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it's a type of compost, and, and we talk about this all the time, mushroom compost, any kind of manure, uh, back-to-nature, back-to-nature blend, which is cotton burr compost, any kind of compost is great to work in okay. that soil... Uh, and then add a little lime and add a little fertilizer and do that to every hole that you're digging for your tomato. And then like Jim and Veda was saying, lay that tomato down. Uh, you don't have right. to do it that way, but you can. And then just have the right. green part sticking up. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah and don't okay, take all the soil. Make sure you mix the soil that you take out of the hole with your amendment or you're going to create yeah. a bathtub effect and then it's going to rot. Right. But earlier in your program, you mentioned compost, lime, and there was some product. You oh, said we garden. said garden tone. Yeah, garden tone. Oh. It's got bone mill, blood mill, feather mill, uh, fish. Just a good yeah. Yeah. yeah, slow release, can't burn with it. Mm-hmm. Great product. Okay. Got- and in addition, you would add mill organite to that for the fertilizer, right? Well, garden tone is going to be your fertilizer. Um, oh, okay. That yeah. is a fertilizer. That is the yeah. fertilizer. Yeah. Yes, sir. Garden tone, uh, lime, and good compost in. Okay. Thank you much. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Good luck to you. Yes. um, So maybe he'll be in the great tomato contest. Yeah. The tone products are so good, not only because, one, they don't burn. They're kind of idiot proof. You know, Mm. you can't overdo it. That's why I love them. Yeah. But they also contain (laughs) um, microbes, which is important for the health of your plant. And they didn't always right, control. They right. didn't always have that mycorrhiza in it. Oh, yeah. I know. They started, yeah. you know, just having I think one product that mm-hmm. they sold in conjunction like with the it. biotone, right? right? But so many companies, particularly Monrovia Nursery, did did so much research in their soils about adding certain groups of mm-hmm. mycorrhiza in there to make things work better. And now we know that feeding and the soil and making it live in um, healthy is, right. is as important as the, the plant you put right, in there. Right, that's so true. And Monrovia has their own soil mixes now and yeah. all different kinds of flavors. And, and flavors. Uh, yeah, you can look Earth Mix up.
and you'll just be amazed with it. And we've used it. I've used it in some beds last fall. And, and I used spring, it real pleased with it. They're awesome right now. Those plants are awesome looking through all these issues we had. Okay, we're going to run to a break. We've already had an hour. A lot of fun. It has been wonderful. Give us a call, 260-5926. The garden help you need from three of the top experts in the Mid-South. Grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. Now, Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Take it away, Jim. Greetings. Welcome. You're gathered here today to hear Brother Jim's sermon on tar, nicotine, corn, liquor, and the temptations of evil. Yeah. <laughs> See? That's was, what happens when you let it the, the mic. <laughs> Why? See, now I remember. You should have known better, Veda. I know it, right? But tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> but you are listening to Mid-South Gardening, guys. And if you want to give us a call this morning, it's really easy. 260-5926. 260-5926. Or... Go to Facebook on the Mighty 990, and you can uh, text anything you want. A lot of people do that. And then you can call up and leave a text like Theo did. And Theo asked about planting dogwoods, guys. Uh, you know, what should he do to the soil to help them grow? And should he break up the root ball? Uh, and it's a great question. When you buy a dogwood, mm-hmm. that is a great, great question because so many people are buying dogwoods this time of year. And so many people don't have a clue, and I say this respectfully, how to plant a dogwood. And so many nurseries mm-hmm. won't even guarantee dogwoods mm-hmm. because they're going to do it wrong. And you always <laughs> hear growing up, dogwoods, dogwoods can be so finicky. So what does all that mean? Again, that's the so- a soil thing. Absolutely. Again, yeah. You know, the most important thing is realize they are mountain trees. Amen. Okay. Mountain, mountain mountain trees, they, they, which means they grow in soil that has a whole lot more air than water. Everything's running downhill, okay? They're growing in rocky terrain, loose soil, and... Well-drained soil. Right. They don't grow at the bottom of the hill where we are, okay, naturally. <laughs> So, most important thing is, one, loosen the soil, but don't over-improve it. Don't remove all the soil and put in new stuff, okay? Loosen that soil. Dig a and wide... And you like to add that product that you mentioned a while ago, soil conditioner. Soil conditioner is good. A little uh, uh, cotton burr compost mm-hmm. is good. What about the shale? That's, that's good. Soil you can protector. leave that in there because that's going to be permanent. That's going to help yeah. roots get established through the soil. That's and that's S- that uh, Aspoma Soil yeah. Perfector. And I'm but, saying shale, S-H-A-L-E, not, yes. not a seashell. Um, the Really important is the depth of your hole, okay? is If you've got, say, a ball, the root ball is 12 inches high, you only want to dig down about 6 or 8 inches, right. okay? The dogwood wants to be elevated above the top of the root ball. That way, when we get these 3- and 5-inch rains, that hole fills up with water at soil line, but above that you've got air, and that's critical to keep that dogwood. Yeah. If it's planted at ground level and that hole fills up for a week with water, yeah. that tree uh, is dead. Yeah, because mm-hmm. drainage is the biggest deal when it comes right. to these dogwoods. Now, it's going to leaf out, it's going to look great, and you're going to mm-hmm. think, oh, I did know, it. I yeah. did it. And yeah. then June, it's going to collapse mm-hmm. because it lost all the feeder roots when it was so wet. 
It lives off the carbohydrates for a while, stored and then it goes backwards. You know, and that's what I say. That's when the husband gets blamed. Right, okay. right. And then the husband blames the garden center. Yeah. Uh-huh. You sold me a bad tree. No. Yeah. It looked pretty good so you're when saying, it left. Uh, no, dig the hole no deeper than the root ball. In your case, with dogwoods, don't even dig the hole as deep yeah. as the root right. ball, but go about... Two Twice to three as times as wide. And then Loosen you, that soil thoroughly. Don't re, don't replace your soil. Amend right. your soil. And then once you set that root ball in, and you've got you know four to six inches sticking above the ground, add soil to it and bring it up to Burn the up top, to it. so it looks like it's planted on right. a little hill. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That way, when it rains, gravity will pull water down. There will always be air in the top of that soil. And okay. then the next big thing is, you know, the first summer when it starts to get really hot, which it will. Uh, the watering aspect of it. And how many times do we see people go out there and kill a planted dogwood with, with tender love and care? Right. Well, if they do this uh, soil prep properly, and build then it up, they, yeah, they won't have that they issue won't kill it. as much. But the best way to water these things is to really soak them well when you water and then let them air out before you come back and soak them again. You do not go out there with that water hose every day and soak these dogwoods. And, and we see it all the time. You know, they do everything right. They dig the hole the right way. They amend the soil. They plant them high. Then they go out there and drown the thing because they think they have to water every day when it starts to get hot. Or it starts drooping. Yeah, well, it droops because also thinking, because it's staying too wet. Right, so they think, so if it's drooping... And you water it and it doesn't come out of its droop, <laughs> droop, then it's too wet. So just do those things. And One more thing. And, yeah. and, and I promise you, you'll be successful growing these dogs. One more thing is placement of the tree. Mm, Try to point. plant it where it is protected from morning sun. Have something on the east side of it, plant it on the west side of a fence, the house, so that we don't get morning sun. Why Dog, is that? Dogwoods don't really grow very well here naturally. We've had some pop up in the wild, but it's because we've planted them through the years, okay? They grow in ground that normally freezes and stays frozen until the spring thaw. Gotcha. Here, we get, we're in the transition zone where it warms and freezes back and forth. And quite often, that tree will begin to grow sap rising in it very early in the season. Then we get a very cold morning like we just had. Never fails. What happens is it's called sun scald, but that trunk is frozen, okay? The first five to seven years, it's got a papery kind of bark. It doesn't have cork until it gets older. That freezes solid. When the sun comes up that morning, it hits that and expands one side. You get a hairline crack in it. Mm -hmm. Again, comes out, looks great, leaves out. In July, it looks like hot water poured on it. It just collapses overnight. So in in about seven years, the uh, trunk gets Gets corky. corky, corky, And then it's not an issue anymore But for that first time. Now, you can wrap them with tree wrap Mm -hmm. if you absolutely Mm -hmm. have to. Um, but if you'll just plant it where the morning sun can't hit it, and even a big deciduous tree to the mm-hmm. east of it will work. Yeah, yeah. that's gotcha. enough to prevent that. And whenever it's in the shade, the ground is colder. You get that spring f- flush of sap later in the season. Yeah. So Theo, hopefully that'll help you. If you have any further questions about planting, of course, dogwoods, let us know. But also, you're saying overall, try to plant these dogwoods. 
in a semi-shaded environment yeah, where right. try to keep them out of the hot afternoon sun. They'll grow there, yeah. but it's just not the get, best place for them. it takes a minute for them to get there. Yeah, and then yeah. like a kusa dogwood, you know, which is mm-hmm. a Korean dogwood. Now, they can take a lot of yeah, sun. They can. Oh, but, my But goodness. most of your old-fashioned, you know, pink, white dogwoods mm-hmm. that we see blooming this time of year— they need a little relief from that hot afternoon sun. Yeah, exactly. And Don't we, were, we all? Yeah. yeah. And we were talking about that shell that's an expanded shell. Yeah. And we have a soil mix that has that already in mm-hmm. it, so you don't. Or you can buy it separately and mm-hmm. do it yourself. But y'all should look, you know, at, at the bags of soil that you buy. I mean, you should see on the label humic acid, worm castings, uh, and if it's two dollars and seventy nine cents, it's the wrong stuff. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the soils a lot of times have the microorganisms in it, the mm. uh, beneficial fungus, and uh, so check your soil label when you're buying too. So let's see, we have time to go to Jan. Good morning, Mr. Jan. You're in the garden. Well, good morning to you all. Good morning, Jan. Appreciate the call and appreciate you waiting, buddy. Well, thank you. I want to wish y'all a happy, happy Easter weekend, and thank you all always for your show. Oh, thank man, you. see, that is the nicest thing a gentleman can say, especially if, if he loves the Bulldogs, right? <laughs> that this, that has nothing to do with this call. <laughs> but I wanted you to be a little easier on us people that water, you know, do, do all this water. <laughs> Jan, well, I'm telling you, and, it, and it, it, you know, people are trying to do the right thing. They really are. But, you know, we say killing a plant with tender love and care, that's exactly what's going on. They they grab that water hose and they go out there and they water every day these new plantings, trees and shrubs, and they're doing more harm than good. So my question this morning is, ironically, when I hear you wake up here, you guys talk about trees. Uh, I'm, I'm calling about a, Japanese, a, a maple tree, a, a Japanese maple right. And I've heard it referred to as a red maple. And is there a difference in, uh, I, you don't have to elaborate as long as you did on, on the beautiful trees you were talking about, yeah. but uh, I see many, many beautiful uh, I, Japanese maple or red maples, especially right now driving around. They're absolutely beautiful, mm-hmm. and I wanted to add one. Yeah. Is yeah. there a difference? Well, yes, Definitely. The American red maple does not have red foliage. It has, uh, depending on the cultivar, various shades of fall color. Right. Okay, like, that were are reddish, oranges, whatever. But what you're seeing right now with the deep burgundy foliage, those are all Japanese maples of some type. Yeah, and and the same thing with the Japanese maples. I mean, I still like to grow those, kind of under the same conditions that I grow a dogwood. Uh, well-drained soil, you know, plant that maple, just like we talked about planting the dogwood. And I still like to, uh, Jan, keep the, the maples, the Japanese maples, uh, out of that hot, hot afternoon sun. Yeah, they need good good five to six hours to get your best color. Right. Okay. But if you can protect them from the hot afternoon sun, you'll get less of the late summer, summer sun scald that yeah. you get. They'll grow in full sun, but you just if you don't want the sun scald. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and Jan, I'm with you. You know, you go out there and see these beautiful Japanese maples uh, with that beautiful foliage this time of year. You know, there are some of them that are weeping that only get, you know, six to eight foot tall. And there's some blood goods and emperors that get, you know, 30. Exactly. Uh, so there's Japanese maples for every height that you're looking for. But um, it's not the same as the, as the just red maple that typically has green foliage and then red foliage in the fall. Right, yeah. right. 
these must be all mostly Japanese, maybe. Yes, sir. Yeah. If you plant one on the west side <clears throat> of your house right. and, and fairly near your house, right. obviously you're not going to get the east, the morning sun. But it would be better, you're saying, if there's shade, you know, trees nearby that give it a little bit of shade. Absolutely. And, and, and it's not that you can't do it, Jan. People do. I mean, you'll see these Japanese maples out there in full sun. It's just not where they really want to be. They want to have some protection from that hot, hot afternoon sun. Uh, because if not, what you'll see is you'll start getting that sun scald in the summer. Uh, and, you know, that's where the, the edge of that leaf will just burn on you. Uh, and they're still growing there, and they're still okay. But they they never look quite as clean and as pretty if they're getting that hot afternoon sun as if they wasn't. Is there any other tree that comes to mind? Um, obviously, a redbud tree is beautiful, and, mm-hmm. and I know they grow larger, of course. But mm-hmm. is there any other? In my case, most of the trees I've uh, inherited in my yard are gone right. by storms and one thing or another. Right. Birch trees we had, and but is there any other, you might say, replacement tree right. that gives you a, a you know a, a more full look in your yard? Anything else come to mind? But you're saying on that I mean, west that I mean, western I mean, side, right? Pardon me. On the west side of the house. That's correct. Yes. I like the Princeton elms, the Ollie elms. Yeah, and I like, as far as a flowering tree, something like uh, Japanese snowbell. Mm, yes. Beautiful, very fragrant. French trees, uh, French trees, French yeah. trees uh, Chinese particularly, I think, is is very beautiful and more of an dang, ornamental type tree. Dang near evergreen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, true. And um, flowering trees. There's always the crazy for something myrtle. late summer. Yeah. A vitex, mm-hmm. you know, is is a tree form. Um, That's a good one, too. We'll come up with a few more. But we're going to head to a break. If y'all want to give us a call, 260-5926, or check us out on Facebook. We'll be right back. Now, back to Mid-South Gardening, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. Good morning, gardeners. Welcome back. Give us a call, 260-5926. Let me say this real quick. You know, we had our last caller, uh, Jan, uh, on the phone. He was asking about the Japanese maple. And we, I don't want to mislead anybody. You can grow these, some of, a lot of these Japanese maples, especially the bigger leaf Japanese maples, in full sun. Yes. Uh, it's just that it's just not the perfect spot for them. So, Jim, if you get like an Emperor One or a Blood Good and mm-hmm. you put it on the west side there, when it's young in beta, you're going to see a little bit more of the burn. It's going to be noticeable uh, in the summertime. Now, as it gets older and it gets bigger and it starts mm-hmm. to mature, it, it, the tree almost shades itself. Yeah, and if you're watering some, you, you'll have less of that burn. But you know, you're going to have some spotting of the foliage. I don't care yeah. what variety you have. Um, and how well you take care of it, it's just going to happen because when the soil temperature gets to about 70 degrees, Japanese maples go into kind of a self-defense mode. Right. They want to hang on to that water, but it's continually losing 
the sun is drying that foliage, and so you'll get, particularly the more lacy leaf it is, you'll right. get the edges burning right. and that sort of thing. And it, it's just going to happen here, you know. Now, you, you plant the same tree in Louisville, Kentucky, it's going to be beautiful and probably have no spotting whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know. Memphis, but what if you take that same tree and put it where it gets just high shade? It still happens, it, but... It'll but, happen less, but you also right. have less intense color, both in the spring right. and in the fall. Right. The right. more sun you get, the more powerful and intense those those reds are. Okay, so keep that in mind. All yeah. right. But still good drainage like we talked about. And then I had y'all a text um, on Facebook that's uh, from Deborah Edwards. It says, does the dogwood planting advice apply to the evergreen dogwoods, you know, like the mm-hmm. Empress of China? Yeah. So it does. exactly the same. You yeah. still need that really good drainage. Yeah. You have now, to create it. They will tolerate more water than the flowering dogwood. But it's still, yes. In fact, that's good advice for right. all trees. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why not? Right. Yeah. Every tree, every plant, with one or two exceptions, um, in Memphis should be planted higher than your soil line so that mm-hmm. we have... That little bit of air in the top of that root ball during extended periods of rain. Right. And then you made the point earlier to then bring your soil up to the top of the root ball, right. which I've seen a, a lot of folks not do that because we you say we say plant above, have your root ball above the soil level, and then they just leave it like that. But we're still applying compost on there, too. Yeah, no doubt. And also, Veda, real quick, I had uh, and Jim... Uh, another cu- uh, customer, another mm-hmm. person, text in. Uh, Audrey Fielding uh, said, hey, happy Easter, guys. And then Wendy Johnson said, should I be spraying my pennies now for diseases? And we all know what she's talking about. Yeah, it, it's, if you've had botrytis in the past and you've which, had— Which looks like what on a, on a penny? Where the, the top foliage and leaves turn black, mm-hmm. then yes, yep. go ahead and start your spray program now. And do you like uh, mancozeb, daconil? Do you like uh, copper? Do you like— Propiconazole is always my first choice because it's systemic. And that's uh, that's fertilome liquid systemic fungicide yeah. is what that is. That, yeah, and uh, Bonide probably has one, too. You probably do. And yeah. do you use it as a drench, or do you spray the foliage, Jim? I would both? spray the foliage in this case, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, um, not that you really want to do this all the time, but sometimes moving them could help. Different soil texture, different light texture. Keeping the ground around them clean, pull mm-hmm. the mulch. If the mulch has been there for a year, remove it. Yeah. Replace it with fresh, because you've got spores that are in that. And they're everywhere, mm-hmm. but... The more you can get rid of, the less likely you are to be reinfected. And you think, and, and y'all are saying that's a type of botrytis that, that is getting... Yeah, that turns them black. Black. Yeah. I mean, it looks like you pour scalding water yeah. on these things. So clean them up, keep them clean, get the debris away from them, get old mulch, you're saying, away from them, and then come in there and either spray... I'd go ahead and be proactive Yeah, and, if you and don't spray you the foliage. It. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. you're saying spray it with that good systemic fungicide. Yeah. yeah, right. And make but sure you, you do it more than one time. Yeah, if you haven't had it, don't do it because uh, it's kind of wasting it. But you could, if you're worried about it, also, just like we said, do all those preventatives. Uh, sometimes mulch can be too heavy and uh, compact the soil, and that can add to the issues yeah, as well. And that's well. one of the reasons we say peonies like their own space, you mm-hmm. know, not planting them close to other stuff because, one, it, it improves your airflow, mm-hmm. but also they, uh, they're they just not very neighborly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've got a, a question from Sue Knight. 
A purplish plant growing wild this time of year, does it have medicinal value? A purplish type I'm going plant? with henbit. Henbit or henbit. dead nettle, maybe. Yeah. Um, Which has the purple bloom. Yeah. Henbit does have medicinal properties. Also, it was brought over here as chicken fodder, and that's how it's called, henbit. Yeah, and, and I hate the, I call it a weed. Yeah, the beautiful, blooming, mm. purple, pasture-looking See, Not lawn. I didn't say lawn. Okay. If it's in the pasture, pasture I can live But with it's that. an early food plant for bees. <laughs> yes. Remember that. There's that. And yeah, it so doesn't stay. It goes away when it warms up. Y'all keep trying to talk about these weeds like there's advantages to having them. Yeah. There are. This you is know. true. does cover the ground if nothing's there. Mm-hmm. And that's a benefit. Yeah. And when we come back, he's got another question. A plant that looks like a huge artichoke. Got to be a thistle. Yeah, a thistle. That's pretty blooms, too. And there's another weed, (laughs) by the way. By the way. We'll be right back. (laughs) Now, back to Mid-South Gardening, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. Good morning. Welcome back. You're listening to Veda, Kenneth, and Jim on the Mid-South Gardening Show. Yeah, and if you want to give us a call, 260-5926, 260-5926, or you can go to Facebook Live, The Mighty 990, and listen to us there or text any questions that you might have on that Facebook And page. you can go to KWAM website and go back and listen to all this wonderful stuff from yeah. all of our shows. Yes, you That's can. Right. The um, Sue Knight was wondering again, what was it? The thistle. Yeah, well, it looks would, like a huge artichoke. Yeah, it looks like a, a plant artichoke. that looks like a artichoke. Yeah, it's yeah, probably thistle. a thistle. You know, and right now it's real soft, but it's going to get harder and, and a little sticker. And a little prickle on yeah. it. A little. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I would dig it up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like, like you said, thistle, which mm-hmm. is considered a weed. You know, something that you don't want around. It does have attractive flower when it bolts and, you know. Well, so does handbit, which, you know, I don't yeah. like it either. And mm-hmm. so, and chickweed has a white mm-hmm. bloom, which I hate. And okay, then clover, so. you know, it's yeah, got. Yeah, clover's got a nice little white bloom, uh, but I don't like clover in my yard either. Mm-hmm. So. And the dandelions, I just love to make wishes on the dandelion seeds. So you're making me not want to kill my weeds, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, um, that was so much of my fun growing up. Grandmother and granddaddy would walk through and, you know, you'd pick this, pick that. And I'm with you. I don't know when I got so, you know, anti-weed. I mean, yeah, I didn't, weeds didn't used to bother me uh, at all. But lawns now I, make you become anti-weed. It does. That's yeah. exactly what it is. I don't mind weeds on the side of the road mm-hmm. and in pastures and blooming and clover. I love all that stuff, yeah. really. I just don't like it in my yard. I always keep the uh, kept the front yard clean like that, mm-hmm. but the backyard you let it go was the was the fun environmental friendly kind of yard, but it was still all nice and neat. But I knew that if it was in the front yard, you know, people are kind of like, no, nah, don't yeah. like that look. And I know we got to get to Miss Gloria, but also, I mean, weeds are a big deal this time of year. And all jokes aside, if you don't want weeds in your yard. You know, make sure that you do start using a pre-emergent in your lawn, starting in the fall, mm-hmm. three months later, do it again, three months later, and do it again. You could throw it between pathways, like oh, rocks sure. and things like and that. And you'll keep most of your weed seed from ever coming up. But any broadleaf weeds, and when I say broadleaf, any weed that's got a leaf on it, uh, you can go out there this time of year, perfect time of year, and spray just a really good broadleaf weed killer. 
uh, and come back in 10 days, two weeks, if need be, and you can flat out knock out most of these broadleaf weeds that are growing. This is the best time of year to spray. But just be careful. You know, keep it just in the lawn. Try not to spray if it's going to rain within 24 hours for the most part. And don't spray if the wind is really blowing. I had a guy in the garden center the other day. The wind was blowing 30 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and he was fixing to go out there and spray his lawn. I was like, no, sir, please don't do that, you know. Because your neighbors will get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you'll wear it. You won't get, get any on yeah. your yard. <laughs> <laughs> you'll wear it or your name. Speaking of weed, this is such a bizarre industry now because in certain areas, the, the what do we call it, the horticulture industry? Hemp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mm-hmm. hemp. The hemp is... Uh, we're get it's like in our garden magazines mm-hmm. from everywhere. Now I'm seeing uh, information on how to grow hemp. Yeah, well, you and, know, they, a lot of people got into it with the anticipation that so, at some point Tennessee will approve medicinal and then right. recreational, like a lot of those mm-hmm. weird states out west have done. Um, you know, but what well, they're about to you're about to see a bunch of them get out of it because yeah. sometime this year we go, I think it's September, then they fall under federal regulations, which right. are pretty strict. So you're going to see a lot of these people who were hoping to be uh, like the, the, the <laughs> next make, gold rush, make it rich yeah. in the hemp yeah. business are going to fall by the way. So right. I know because there's a lot of regulation and all oh, of that. I mean, it's they it's come a, out, they for, check the level of, of THC in mm-hmm. it to make sure that, you know, every third plant you're growing isn't a little funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah. you know, it's hard getting the license. You used to have to pay a lot of money to get a license. I even just grub. can't. I just couldn't believe it when I opened up one of the grower magazines and there was a whole big fat oh, insert. Yeah. And I go, oh, this, so this is real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is real. Uh, let's see. We can go to Miss Gloria and find out what's going on in the community. Good morning, Miss Gloria. Morning, Kenneth Beta and Jim. How are you? We're, We're doing great, Miss Gloria. I think we made it through the last, hopefully, cold, cold spell of this early spring. Um, and hopefully we can get out there and do what we love to do and have fun in the yard. Yeah. Well, I got a lot to tell you. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> okay. Um, the Fayette Cares plant sale has started. Mm. Okay. It's going to, it's online. And you can order up through April 13th. Okay. And the pickup for your plants will be on the 17th. Mm. And it's going to be in Oakland at West Junior High School. In Oakland, okay, and it you you have to pick them up between nine and two. And, and and where do you go to order something like this? I mean, I know you have to get online, but what's the web page? I just what I, I Google everything. Okay, so I just googled Fogel uh, Fayette Cares Plant Sale. And okay, it came up. I got you. Okay. Yeah. And then. On the 6th is supposedly the Hort meeting, but I have not gotten anything mm-hmm. in my email from Hort. Mm-hmm. So um, the only thing I would do is I would check Monday on the website and see if anything's been put up or if anybody out there knows anything about the Hort meeting. And that would, know. and if it is going on, you said that would be this coming Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always on, it's always the first Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Then on the seventh, that's Wednesday, Dixon is having a munch and learn on their plant sale mm-hmm. preview. 
mm-hmm. from 12 to 1, mm-hmm. and you must register for this, mm-hmm. okay? And while you're, on, while you're registering for this, because I want to save people some time, yes, okay, ma'am. they can also register for the plant sale. Now, is that going to be plant just... sale is for members only okay. on the 15th. Mm-hmm. And then it's open to the public on the 16th and the 17th. Okay, well, you just And then my after you register, they will send you an email um, with your registration date and your time. Right. And then you take that with you when you go there, you know, to show them that you're registered. Right. And that'll save them time. They can get, get that all done. Okay? Mm hmm. Wow. So, you know, there's still going to be the plant sales out there. And let's mm-hmm. say, for example, Fayette Cares, the one in Oakland. Uh, mm-hmm. All you do is Google, like uh, Gloria said, Fayette Cares mm-hmm. plant sale, come up, and sit there on, and just order online, and then at some point just yeah. go pick the stuff up. It doesn't get any easier than this. No, it doesn't get any easier than this. Man, okay. And, but but on, the, on the 16th, when Dixon's is opened on the 16th and the 17th, right? you know, for the plant sale. But on the 17th, they will close at 2 in, instead of um, the other at the other time. Yeah, so the last day they're going to close at 2 o'clock. I got it. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, the members only will be from 12 to 7. And that was on the 15th, right? That's on the 15th. Yeah. All right, okay. Okay. I don't know and where you get all this information, the other, Gloria. The other plant plant sale um, is Botanic starts on the, on the twenty twenty. <clears throat> se- wait, no. Also, um, Litterman starts on the sixteenth mm-hmm. uh, for um, in person. Right. Okay, and you have to sign up. You know because you have to. You know you have to get your appointment time. Mm-hmm. And and then um, after that, I don't have a de- I have to get a date from them um, on the when panel. their online is going to start. Yeah, but but you have to you have to sign up for a reservation for that because they're just you know they're still just trying to be safe. Well, and you can't blame them after you know this whole last year, and we're just glad, good grief, mm-hmm. that we're having some kind of um, you know, an in person anything, you right. know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Gloria. That's some great community news. I appreciate all that wonderful information. Yeah, thank it's you, Gloria. A, Lots of stuff happening in April. It is. It's spring. And of it's course, spring. the plant sales going every day y'all. at the garden centers. Y'all, you know? yeah. Yeah, spring, y'all. <laughs> um, because Betty used to always say it's fall, fall y'all. y'all. Now it's spring, y'all. Um, it's a good thing, though, that mm. they went ahead and planned all this online stuff because you weren't sure. If we were going to be, if so, it would just be a pain to plan all that stuff. And then, and then not be able to attend yeah, at all exactly. in any way, right. Alrighty, we're going to take a break. We've got a little bit left and we'll be right back. Now, back to Mid-South Gardening, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. 
Good morning and welcome back. You've been listening to Veda, Kenneth, and Jim. You can find me at Palladio Home and Garden. You can. You can find Kenneth at Danwis Garden Centers. And you always say you can find this guy over here. In his recliner. In the living room. <laughs> Just a working and answer. I mean, he's using his brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving us all this that's fantastic. That's the only thing that works anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You but know? Jim, y'all got a web page <laughs> uh, that is wonderful. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, you know, Mid South Gardening, gardening in USDA zone six, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and of course, as spring comes, we start getting a lot more people interested. We're adding four or five hundred members a week now. So. Um, you know, and it's great. You can brag. You can ask questions. Send <laughs> you know. pictures. I mean. Um, we don't allow advertising, you know, and that sort of thing. And it's a little different than most groups. We don't even allow you to link things. Right. One of my pet peeves, I guess, is that people don't do their own work anymore. You, you know? mean their like, research? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. somebody will say, oh, that sounds like a cool plant. What does it look like? Well, Google the darn mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I mean, you know. Especially since we can. Yeah. yeah. Then take a look at it and learn about it, you know. So I, I don't, I, I discourage people doing research for other people. And you have so many people who think they're being helpful. Right. They really do. And their yeah. intent is good. But, the, you know, they'll Google something and they'll post it as you don't really know. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about the plant. Yeah. They they see this and they say, well, this must be true. Well, it may not be true. Yeah, I got you. You know, they so. They send a link to right. an article. Yeah, that's. That's yeah. well written. It's just. Mm-hmm. So that's yuck. why no yeah. links are. are, are that's allowed. right. So yeah. this group is just a little bit different. We're trying to get people to really get Real involved. information. All revolve. In, involved in plants in um so anyways so well we, we want you i've to been called see. a nazi you know um, <laughs> have they called the you a nazi oh, on your page oh absolutely i've mm. been cussed at uh, you know and so you know if you don't like it you know well I'll people stick, don't like the truth well <laughs> well no stick to your guns and and so, keep running it the way you have because well, it's, yeah, it's I, th- I think it's working well yeah. I do, too, because, I mean, I read what you post, and, Jim, I don't see anything inaccurate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go to Jamie, the Master Gardener. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Jamie, good morning to you. And I am so offended. You know, I I mispronounce one word. And your wife sends me a text and jumps all over me. Well, that's just the one <laughs> yeah. word she uh, sent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has nothing to do with yeah, how many you did. <laughs> <laughs> but happy well, man, Easter to you, Jamie, and everybody and out there. That's going to be between you and she. But <laughs> yeah, he's staying out. You see how, how yeah. you sidestep that? Yeah. yeah. Not saying a word on were that you, one. Were you a politician at yeah. one time? <laughs> but, but anyway, I want to thank y'all so very much and all the people who participated and all the help and the gardeners and the master gardeners and right. everybody else who was involved with the spring playing thing. It's, uh, it really went over well. And, That's uh, great. and I, everybody was just really, really working so hard to get it done. And, mm. and thank y'all so much for your help with uh, getting us, getting us some publicity on it. But thank you again so much. Well, oh, Jamie, I tell you what, always, you know, Jamie is the first one to tell someone, thank you. And we appreciate it, Jamie. And right back at you, buddy, you and your wife, both. And I know that you've been really involved with the Memphis Area Master Gardeners, which, you know, it needs really, you know, it takes good people to make things happen, you know. Indeed. So, Jamie, back right back at you, buddy. Y'all be safe. Thank uh-huh. you. Happy Easter. Thank you, you. Thank you. Well, Jan just sent us a note and said, Kenneth, it's not just you. Veda and Jim both stumble over their work. <laughs> well, she sent so, me the text. So apparently, mm-hmm. Jan needs a hearing aid. because <laughs> That you know, must be it. Yeah. Jan. 
Jan. Don't forget. Or turn the radio down so you're not hearing all this stuff jumbled together. Now, don't forget she did bring us tomato gravy and biscuits. Yeah, so we can't And let me tell you what, her her brother makes the finest (laughs) sandwich you ever put in your mouth. Grilled tomato and bacon with a special sauce on it. It gets your tongue to flap and beat your brains out. It is so good. Mm -hmm. Larapin good. My grandfather said, ooh, that's larapin good. (laughs) Flapping tongue. I'm trying to vision you larapin food all right What's so, so what do people need to know this weekend about gardening guys i mean like i said easter's tomorrow uh last night i think was the last cold night yeah i believe it i don't see anything in the next couple of and, weeks and we're not saying it can't happen but everything looks good so there will be a lot of people out there planting today and you know kind of going back to the basics you know it never ever hurts to rework your beds uh adding the good soil amendments in there Refluff the bed, if you will, mm-hmm. get everything planted the way you want to plant, and then come back. We talked about mulch earlier, whatever mulch you want to put in there, just a light layer of mulch that looks good. It helps hold that moisture in in the summertime, and it helps, uh, you know, keep the weeds mm-hmm. out of there also. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, well, I have a thought um, on our climate warming, our global warming, mm-hmm. so they say. Um, and they talk about the uh, carbon in the air. Mm-hmm. Too much of it, you know, is going to mess everything up. But studies are actually showing that because plants take in all that carbon, that our plants are growing more efficiently, filling out better and quicker. So we're actually getting more green into our environment. Well, what start, do you think of that one? Well, I think that's probably a true statement, but I think, you know. But you can't tax a plant, though. Yeah, there'd be a lot of people say, no, that's not happening. Uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> no, exactly right. No, that's not. But, I mean, yeah. that's just something just don't to confuse think people about. with facts. Quit that. Oh, that's right, because remember. <laughs> <laughs> remember when? Okay. And also, another thing is now when you get organic food, I'm hearing these organic people say, but no, now it's organic, but is it from regenerative? Regenerative? Jan is fixing okay, the Jan. Re- yeah. re- <laughs> Regenerative. Yeah. Say it. Regenerative. Regenerated but, agriculture, meaning are they putting all the nutrients back into right. the soil that they took out? But isn't that organic? You know, but I, I guess so they're saying people are saying, no, you don't ask if it's organic. You ask if it's regenerative agriculture. Yeah, whatever. And I, I mean, know. So that's something new I'm hearing. But I'm thinking that's the same thing. Well, but not all organic products are coming from the soil, you know, or mm-hmm. even plant material. Yeah, as you know, as the question is, OK, you're using fish emulsion, which is organic. But how is it caught? Yeah. yeah, see, there's things like that. Right. Exactly. There's you things know? like that. That's like our electric cars that save energy. But how much electricity and all that do we use to make it? Yeah, and you do see, <laughs> as now of today, worse. the Hummer is back. Uh, is the it? electric Hummer. Uh, oh. oh, wow. The electric Hummer. Let me, plug, <laughs> let me go plug my Hummer in. <laughs> the you know, Humvee. Hey, I'm all for things that, uh, you know, that protect the environment. But I'm all, also all for, for things that work. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the regenerative geez, agriculture was doing with the no-till, yeah. you know, or lightly till, yeah. making sure that you composted and then took your compost back. But that's what organic is. So anyway, just had to throw that out there. And that's there. been going oh, yeah. on for a long time. True People that. using organic materials for, for the right reasons, right. you know. 
All right, Jim, take us away. Well, you've been here today listening to a little bit of gardening and a little bit of nonsense, and we appreciate (laughs) you joining us every week. Uh, We'll be back. We'll do this again next week from 6 to 8 o'clock. And you got to tell everybody Happy Easter, by the way, Jim. Happy Easter, by the way, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. See y'all next week in the garden. Bye.